Hanukkah and the Sons of Oil by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor Hanukkah, Feast of Dedication, Festival of Lights, known by all three names, is not a feast actually appointed by God. Like Purim, these are feasts celebrated by His people in honor of His intervention on their behalf. The miracle of Hanukkah has been handed down throughout the years, bringing hope for the restoration of God's people and a greater faith in God's love for mankind to enable them to trust Him to intervene again in their lives against the enemy. Are we to celebrate this feast? Jesus did. John chapter 10 verses 22 through 23 Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple, in Solomon's porch. The event that took place in 167 B.C. foreshadowed so accurately the plight of mankind today, and a much greater Hanukkah. To show you what I mean, let us go back in history to a time God's people were living in a society under the influence of the Grecian Empire. Antiochus the fourth, the tyrant in power at the time, forced the people of God to submit to his pagan culture. In both Grecian knowledge and language, arts, economics, religion, etc., God's people were successfully being assimilated into his culture until he made the mistake of marching his troops into Jerusalem and totally desecrating the temple of God. The 75-pound gold menorah, the altar, and all the utensils were mutilated and the temple defiled. A statue of Zeus was erected on the altar to be worshipped along with himself. Antiochus demanded he be honored and addressed as Epiphanes, which means God manifested. Aware that swine are by God's law unclean, he also had a hog sacrifice on the altar and forced the people to attend this celebration. All these abominations were performed to weaken and distort their faith, so they could more easily be absorbed into the religion and lifestyle of the Greeks. But in the small village of Modian, about fifteen miles outside of Jerusalem, an old priest named Mattathias Maccabee and his five sons rose up in indignation, saying, Enough is enough! They led a revolt against those that had desecrated the temple and then attacked those holding captive the city. Although ridiculously outnumbered, the Maccabees knew the countryside better than the Greeks and were much more astute at ambush and guerrilla warfare. Besides, the Greeks could not stop a people with the passionate conviction that their God would never let them down. These faithful people held firm that their God could do and would do the impossible for them, and he did. In the month of Kislev, December, this tiny group of people recaptured the temple and the city and drove the Greeks out of their territory. Now everything had to be restored, the temple and everything in it. But the issue that worried them the most was the menorah. Its light represented truth and the seven holy convocations. They succeeded in repairing it, but when they went to light it, 
there was only enough holy oil to last one day, and it was an eight-day procedure to make more. They decided to light it anyway, as they wanted the light of Israel to shine on this tremendous victory God had given them, even if it was for one day only. To their amazement, the menorah burned miraculously non-stop for eight days. Truly a miracle and proof of God's continued intervention. So with the temple, altar, menorah, and vessels restored, they rededicated the temple. Thus the first feast of Hanukkah was experienced. Over the years a new lampstand had been introduced, called the Hanukkah. This menorah had two extra branches in remembrance of Hanukkah and Purim. But at the same time they symbolize appointments where God will intervene with earth and her inhabitants once again. The first Hanukkah was celebrated in commemoration of the victory God's people were given over the evil race of people of their era. It at the same time foreshadowed victory over Satan and the altered race of Adam he influences, their world systems, and the religions that back them. Here in America, for instance, altars are polluted with Christmas trees from the pulpit, the flock finds sanction of Halloween and Easter bunnies. Many times it actually the church sponsoring the egg hunts. You don't think we're assimilated into the world. End-time knowledge from the mind of Christ has been released, however, that if accepted, will begin to change people, restoring them line by line, precept upon precept, back to the image of their Creator. As Satan is the prince of this world and the mastermind behind its thinking, would God want any part of it to remain? Of course not. So as people are restored mentally by God's knowledge, they will pull further and further from the things God hates, and a true separation begins. This is one of the major ways truth sets people free. They begin to understand they are being held captive by the world and the enemy that runs it. You see, we must lose hope in the world around us to have hope. Lose hope in man's systems. Lose hope in the world's people. Lose hope in all that is not of God to begin to hope in God. Romans 8 explains it in verse 20. In Romans chapter 8 verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. In hope we will understand our only hope is God and his word. As enough of God's people separate themselves from the world through losing hope in its ability to bring happiness, prosperity, health, and a better life in any form, then we can trust in the fact God is not a respecter of persons. What he did for Mattathias Maccabee and his sons, he does for those who are fed up with the world today. All of creation is eagerly waiting for man to get to this turning point. Returning to Romans 8, let us continue reading verse 21. Romans chapter 8, verses 21 and 22. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs 
together until now. Creation is so ready to birth a new earth. All that must happen for this to take place is for the corrupted Adamic race to be made incorruptible. This is beginning to happen. A new species has been brought into being, and as they mature, what is reproduced by them can be perfect. Things will soon return to their original harmony and order, as in the beginning. Only God can bring this miracle of restoration into being. As He intervenes this time, those that are separated from the world's knowledge and its way of thinking will be completely restored from the decay and death they brought on themselves through putting hope in the wisdom and counsel of God's adversary. He promises a new heaven, one Satan cannot access to accuse man of their sins. A new earth, starting with new species of man, is promised with no sickness, sorrow, or pain to plague their lives. Jubilee, liberty, and freedom from all the enemy has brought against mankind, even from all the sorrow man has brought on themselves, is guaranteed by God for those that are born through his end-time knowledge and separated to him. These are the enlightened, the anointed, the children of oil. They are God's sacred seed, children of the new day, the first of the new creation, firstlings of the new earth. They are children of the dawn, children of the morning of the eighth day, starting from the creation of man and the third day from the cross. They are God's temple, His land that has been rested and is now ready to bear new fruit or birth a new generation of people on the new earth. Old things will pass away shortly, and there will be no more remembrance of the world, or its systems, or even its pleasures. All will be new and godly, His kingdom. As Antiochus Epiphanes was defeated, and his empire with its lifestyle was eradicated from the Hebrew culture, so Satan will be chained until his final destruction and the whole Adamic race with its sin, wickedness, pain, and sorrow will fold up and pass away to be remembered no more. Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 and verse 4 Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea, the sea of humanity, Adam's race. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. It is the children of oil that lead the way to this victory. They have a special anointing. Like the holy oil of old, it is a mixture, ordained or prescribed by God, it is composed of the anointing left behind by the holy people that walked before us, the anointing that is poured at each feast, added to and mixed with the anointing that is on God's knowledge, released for this end time. This oil, or Jonah anointing, opens the mind of man and removes the veil of deception to comprehend God's plan for restoration. It breaks the yoke of the world's knowledge that has kept God's people in darkness, as the enlightened speak the word through prayer and praise. 
power is in the language of this anointed prophetic people to create a new day as they unitedly speak forth God's wisdom and knowledge. Why is there such an anointing on their words to create? Because Jesus dwells in them as the Christ, the anointed. He is God's word and the Torah, the law to make it so. He is the high priest that pours this miracle oil on those that die in him and resurrect to new life as beautiful new vessels for his use. They are sanctified, set aside for this time. These, after entering into his blood covenant, becoming one blood with him, are his warriors, his army, his bride, that he has created to manifest the victory he secured on the cross in the supernatural to reality on this earth. This newly created species are a remnant of humanity that God has chosen, preserved, perfected, and prepared to shine as the menorah, the lampstand lighting the path to eternity. These are children of the house of David, chosen before time to walk out of time. The children of oil do not have cords or soul ties to the old Adamic race, their world, or society. These are not assimilated into Satan's culture. They are a totally separate race of mankind, as they have severed all connections to the old ways and are reborn through God. Many of these modern-day Maccabees have already been birthed. The body of Christ is now coming to full stature. God's temple is restored and being added to daily. The first Hanukkah was fought to preserve God's temple, his headquarters in Mount Zion, and his beloved city, Jerusalem. All of these are a foreshadow of today's battle. The war, being fought today, concerns the spiritual Mount Zion and New Jerusalem. It is fought through God's priesthood, his fivefold ministers that have declared, Enough is enough, along with the people that they lead. The battle is on. The children of oil are now beginning to appear as they unite and pull together into one body, the body of Christ. Of course, it is Satan's desire to assimilate God's new creatures into his culture, as he did Adam and Eve. His attempt to divide them through differences in personalities and lifestyles will not work on the new species, as they are all kingdom-minded, focused, on God's plans, and are obediently establishing His laws. Zeus does not have a place on the altar of their hearts, nor does Satan through icons. It is reserved for the King of Kings and His family. Their lamps are full, and the eighth-day oil is even now burning brightly. The Lord is at home in His temple. They are brought forth in this age, predestined for this time, to shine the light for others, to join the battle and find their way to the triumphant church and eternity. The book of Daniel in the twelfth chapter spoke of them many years ago. In Daniel chapter 12 verses 2 and 3 And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth, dead spiritually, shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt, they awake to be a part of Christ's body or remain the body of Satan. 
Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars for ever and ever. Where it says the wise shall shine, the word shine that is used there in number 2094 in the Strong's and the Hebrew, it means to gleam, to enlighten, by caution, admonish, teach, give, warning. These definitions are the job of the children of oil. The fight for the possession of mankind has been settled, and Zion and New Jerusalem are not in the possession of the enemy any longer. Did you notice Zion is spelled with an S? You see, there is Jerusalem and New Jerusalem. There is Zion and Sion. The first are of this world. The other is of the kingdom of God. The old was built by man through the altered race. The new is built by God. Zion and Jerusalem were built from the earth's resources. Sion and New Jerusalem are built from living stones, God's gems, His people, the new species. The temple also was built by man in Zion, whereas man is the temple in Sion. We read of this Sion in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 48. From Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, even to Mount Sion, that is, Hermon. Mount Sion, or Hermon, sometimes referred to as the mountain of Bashan, as it rises out of the valley of Bashan, is of much interest to God. Let us turn to Enoch, the seventh from Adam, to see why. Enoch, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And it came to pass, when the children of men had multiplied, that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of the heaven, saw and lusted after them, and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men, and beget us children. See Genesis chapter 6. And Simjaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear you will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of a great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath, and all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations, not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. Then they swear all together, and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were all in two hundred, who descended in the days of Jard on the summit of Mount Hermon. And they called it Mount Hermon, because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. You see, it was from this Mount Sion that the rebellion started, resulting in man becoming an altered species, half-angel, half-man, no longer in the image of God. It was also from this Mount Sion that mankind became assimilated into the enemy's culture. Enoch, chapter 8, verses 1-3, through 3, shows us how the fallen angels taught man their ways, absorbing them into their lifestyles. And Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and made known to them the metals of the earth and the art of working them 
and bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony and the beautifying of the eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring tinctures and there arose much godlessness and they committed fornication and they were led astray and became corrupt in all of their ways Semjaza taught enchantments and root cuttings Armorus the resolving of enchantments Barquagel taught astrology Cocabel the constellations Ezequiel the knowledge of the clouds Arequil the signs of the earth Shamsil the signs of the sun and Sarel the course of the moon but God owns the mountain and he is the creator and true father of humanity he said enough is enough Psalm 68 verses 15 and 16 proves who owns the mountain a mountain of God is the mountain of Bashan a mountain of many peaks is the mountain of Bashan why do you fume with envy you mountains of many peaks this is the mountain which God desires to dwell in yes the Lord will dwell in it forever his mountain so who owns the mountain is settled what about mankind again God wins it all started on June 8th 2011 when we as a people across the earth asked God to set us free to please intervene and he did his plan for restoration was first revealed then with each feast revelation was fed that began to set man free of the enemy and his world bite by bite line upon line precept upon precept those that partook of the Lord's feasts began to change becoming a whole new species in closing children of light fulfilling the name festival of lights came into being God reclaimed a remnant and through his word cleaned up the altar of their hearts filled them with holy oil and dedicated them as temples for Messiah his bride or when united the body of Christ feast of dedications was now fulfilled think about this the restoration of the new species is the fulfillment of a much greater Hanukkah the new species is his victory are you a part of this miraculous victory if not there is time to come out of the enemy's world and join the modern-day Maccabees as they go about rebuilding God's kingdom and establishing his laws in fulfillment of the final Hanukkah happy Hanukkah